0: Last week, we started our discussion about how to deal with our day-to-day worries. Remember last week when I said that I learned how to worry right from the get-go? I also had the following associations with worry that convinced me, without a shadow of a doubt, that my worrying habit was serving me. Number one, it made me feel like I was preparing. My worry drew my attention back to my current challenges or to my goals, and then That made me focus on the problem at hand. And then it made me focus on creating solutions to that problem. Kind of like the opposite of sticking my head in the sand. Please note, this is not true for everybody. Not everybody out there uses worry in this way. Okay, it's not not true all across the board. But it worked for me because that's how my brain is. You know, I just always used it to focus on solutions and moving forward. And worry was number two, my motivator. If I didn't get X, Y, Z done, then I was going to suffer. And why would I want to suffer, right? So that's how worrying served me. And I convinced myself of that. My life challenges or aka hardships, convinced me that I had to be on my toes at all times. Quite frankly, I learned to trust no one, really. If you recall last week, I told you that there was no choice between fight, flight, or freeze for me. I was always in fight mode, To me, it seemed like I had to fight for everything in my life or I would continue to suffer. And I got to tell you, I did let go of my worrying habit once and for all for several decades or so I thought. Some hints of it started to creep up around the time my mom got sick. Well, she was sick for most of my life, but she became very sick and she was about to pass away. And um, it started to, it, it began then. Then my dad passed away just 14 months after my mom. When I reflect on, on this, it's clear that I was processing sadness, grief, heck of a lot of disappointment, and a big dash of worry. And then last fall, real worry overwhelmed me, hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm going to try to get through this passage right now (laughs) without crying. I'm going to do that. But uh, I'm giving you fair warning. It's going to be emotional. So what was it that made this worry rear its very, very strong hold over me again? Well, it was this. My nephew got sick and he's facing a really long healing journey. His courage, God, his courage, simply breathtaking. And I just couldn't fight off the old habit of worry when we were first originally told about what he was going to be going through. I am not comfortable sharing the particulars about him in this forum, but I can tell you about my experience when I found out what my family was about to go through. I can tell you that I couldn't make sense of what was happening to my family. Deep breath, deep breath. I felt panic. Oh, in ways that I hadn't felt in 20 plus years. In fact, that's a lie. I felt a panic that I had never, ever felt in my whole life. And guess what followed my initial panic? Oh, Yeah. My worrying habit, it kept me up at night. It made me sick to my stomach. Worst of all, it made me feel like I was going to lose faith. If you know me, you know how deep that is for me. I questioned God. I questioned everything. Because to me, this was so wrong. So wrong. I knew my worry was spinning out of control. I could feel it. I'm very good at knowing my own internal, you know, temperature. My husband, my sons, they could see it too. My ride or die friends. God, thank you for being there for me. Deep breathing again. I tried hard to cover it up. But you know what? I'd wake up feeling worried. When you feel helpless, worry can completely consume you and take over your entire existence. When I saw myself heading down that slippery slope, I knew I had to do something. And you got to remember, you don't always see it right away. It takes time to actually notice how much it's chipped away at your core, right? But when I did, I knew i had to go back to basics i had to go back to the system i created and used 20 years prior how though would i apply it to this massive existential dread that i felt well i scheduled my worry time i know it seems bizarre and counterproductive but let me explain back then you know more than 20 years ago my worrying habit was too comfortable of a habit for me to simply give up. So the system that I made up made me feel like I was meeting my husband halfway, because he wanted me to let go of this and didn't think it was serving me. And, and he was right. I know that he was right. But because I wasn't ready to let go of it, And deep down, because I had convinced myself that it served me, it prepared me, it made me be ready for life and for success. So back then, this is what I did. And this is what I did again this past year. And here are my top three reasons why I think you should try it. It's called I scheduled my worry time. Number one, it gives you permission to feel crappy. If you're like most people, you may feel guilty if you don't feel up all the time. It seems as though everywhere we look, Instagram, Pinterest, F- Facebook, you get my drift. Everything and everyone is trying to be perfect. Even when they're trying to be imperfect, they're trying to be perfect. I-, I-, I don't even have the right words for it. But everywhere you look, it's there, right? You're supposed to like always feel good. Anyway, and we're always supposed to be using affirmations and vision boards gosh, many of us hide our true worries. We're worried if we worry will attract bad things into our lives. And you got enough problems, right? Plus, we don't want people to find out what our lives are really like. So we put on that highlights reel and keep on trucking. When we're constantly comparing ourselves to others, the worry and stress you feel if not like in most, if not all of your waking hours, like it just consumes you. It never ends and it seems harmless, right? Because it's like little worries, but it actually, when you add it up, it compounds and it erodes at your spirit. It erodes at your self-image. Number two, worry time is a great way to find out what you have on autoplay this is often the biggest challenge in creating lasting change. You don't actually know what you're telling yourself. But by writing out your worries, you get to see it. You get to see what you tell yourself. Number three, the beauty of taking something off autoplay and looking at it with your conscious mind is that you start problem solving. Worry time turns into solution time. But in order to make your worry time work for you, here are some things you can do to maximize the appointment and really do schedule it into your day. I'm not BSing when I tell you that I actually scheduled it into my calendar because I felt that committed to it 20 years ago. I felt that committed to how much it helped me to worry about things that I put it in my calendar. Anyway, so this, is um, or here are some tips on how to make it work for you. Number one, throughout the day, jot down your worry as it pops into your head. Keeping track allows you to make sure you give it some attention during your worry session. It also lets you be honest about how you're feeling because that's a biggie. You're not dismissing the worry as something useless, right? You're simply saying, ah, talk to you about it at 5 15 p.m. Okay, so write it down. Number two, pay attention to how your worries feel in your body. You know, this could happen during the day or it could happen during your worry time, but check in. Does your worry make, like if you worry about money, for example, does it make your lower back hurt? Does a worry about your partner leaving you make your stomach queasy? What is it for you? Write it down. It's important because your body talks to you. So listen, number three, set a timer. (laughs) I started with 15 minutes and in that 15 minutes, I honestly gave myself permission to feel crappy and to look and review my list of worries. And it was awesome. Really, really worked for me. Number four, notice how you feel after you've given yourself this worry time. Do you feel satisfied? Do you feel silly? Do you say, what the heck? Am I doing this to myself? Did you say, next time I need more time? Or maybe next time I need less time to worry? And lastly, did you start thinking about solutions to your worries? I'd love to know. So if you can head over to our pod, uh, not our podcast, because that's where you are now. Goodness, if you can head over to our website, and look for episode number 19 in the show notes and let us know like what are you doing with that time. It'd be so cool to hear your story. So what about the rest of the day outside of worry time? What should you be doing? Well, guess what? We're going to talk about that next week. And we're also going to talk about how to transmute your worries into energy that actually serves you. Because that's what ended up happening to me. You know, I could say it was by accident because I had scheduled that worry time uh, for myself 20 years ago. Um, And now, again, like I said, I did it this year. I scheduled that time with myself to, you know, indulge in my obsessive behavior, but it ended up being able to teach me um, through my, you know, process of trial and error to create a system that actually works. And it lasts. And if I can use this, uh, you know, and have it last for that long in my life, and then have it work for me in this very, very challenging time and phase in my life, I know that if you give it a shot, and give it an honest shot, don't go partway, like lukewarm, really dive in and be okay with worrying because it's real for you. Don't hide from it. The best way to create lasting change in your life is to be in reality, and to accept it and to say it's okay. It's okay. And it's going to be okay. Cannot wait to share with you next week what we think you can do with the rest of those waking hours because they're so valuable. Thank you. And I will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in today. Please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to visit our site, www.freewithin.me. Talk to you next week.